Hello, everyone, and welcome to an Opus podcast series. So the purpose of this series is really to inform our audiences of the sort of work that we do looking at osteoarthritis, uh, perhaps to educate some of you, our listeners, and certainly to debunk many of the myths that are out there about osteoarthritis. We'll have special guests, and today we have uh, Marion, who's with us. And Marion is one of the expert community providers for us. She tells us, are we getting it right? Are our messaging abilities on key or not? And so we rely on people like Marion to really help guide our research, tell us what's important, and really so that we can direct our research at responding to a community need. In this episode, we'll discuss how best to manage osteoarthritis with Marion's help. And should I just say at this time that really osteoarthritis is, is a very, very important condition that many of you, our listeners, will wonder whether you have. In fact, if you ever wake up with a bit of stiffness and pain that recurs in the same joint again and again, the likelihood is you're probably going to be one of the 50% of people who have symptomatic arthritis. The question is, what do we do about it? And so with that, let's kick on with this first episode. What is osteoarthritis? Over to you, Mary. What is OPUS is my first question. Uh, so, so OPUS is the name of our research team. And the purpose of OPUS is really to optimize the health of our patients who have arthritis, to look at ways that we can give them effective, efficient, evidence-based care uh, in a manner which ultimately results in them being the most satisfied person with arthritis. Should I say that I am a consumer? That means uh, I have had uh, hip surgery about seven or eight years ago. And what did you think about it? I thought it went well, and you were my surgeon. Was I your surgeon? <laughs> well, there you are. You recognise me behind the mask. Yeah. Well, how about that? It's what do they say? It's not. It's no. not who you are behind the mask, but what you do that defines you. Is yes. there something like that? But the reality. The reality is, um, patients like you, Marion, account for a hundred thousand people every year who undergo surgery for arthritis. So it's really, really important that we get it right. Yes. And, and what do we mean by getting it right? It means making sure that the person we're about to operate on is the right person for it. Yes. And if you're not, how can we make sure that you become the right person? How do we optimize you? And there are things that we can and other things that we can't do. And if we find we can't operate on you, then we have to come up with solutions that meets your need that aren't actually surgery. Yes. So what is osteoarthritis? Well, osteoarthritis is a medical condition. It describes, it's the name we use to describe where joints wear out. All our lives we move and millions and millions and millions of movements occur. And for a large proportion of people, it's great. It works, it's not painful, and they get on doing what they want to. But for a variety of reasons, whether it's following injury or an inbuilt inflammation in their bodies, or maybe just the way they're developed and born, some of them will go on to have a higher chance of wearing that joint. So when you have two surfaces that rub against each other, that are designed to rub against each other, there comes a time when a tiny little area of roughness becomes a bigger area of roughness, and that roughness, like sandpaper, eventually wears away. But 
The body's designed for that. That's why the, the cartilage that lines our joint is really thick. It, it knows it's going to have to last a lifetime. It also is designed to be resilient. That means it doesn't have to be very thick, and it still does its job. And it's supported by good muscle and good bone behind it. However, there does come a time when it has worn down, and that wearing down changes the angle of the joint. It restricts your movement. It makes the limb look bent, and therefore the forces that go through the joint are different. And very occasionally, that's all it takes to really provoke symptoms. And these symptoms are really one of pain, a deep ache, perhaps worse after activity, sometimes even at night. Um, doing things that we would normally do without pain, it can come on. might limit the way you walk, the way you climb stairs, get out of a chair. All those things lead to a change in the quality of life. So that's how I'd know if I had osteoarthritis. You say that the pain may be at night, all the things that you've described, yes. Exactly, and it's often related to activity. Now, like the last straw that broke the camel's back, arthritis sometimes exists without people even knowing it. And sometimes I have people with really, really bad-looking x-rays, and they don't feel anything. They don't. But they might complain, you know, I just feel a little stiff. Or I can't walk as fast as I used to. But they're otherwise well. And as long as they're well, and as long as their discomfort, they feel they can manage and they Mm. can still do all the things they they do. We don't actually care about what the x-ray looks like. Good. You know, we just help keep them as active as we possibly can. How does osteoarthritis differ from other types of arthritis? Well, osteoarthritis um, is the commonest form of arthritis and it is said that it is most commonly associated with just the normal activities of life. Sometimes you can get what's called post-traumatic osteoarthritis, meaning you've had a big joint injury, you've fallen off a cliff, you've been hit by a car, the joint's been really badly damaged. That creates a pothole in your joint surface that no one could have counted on and is very difficult to fix. And like driving over a pothole every day, eventually that causes issues to the cars driving over it or the joint moving. And so they have an accelerated form of symptoms and then we call that post-traumatic arthritis. And then sometimes you can have what's called inflammatory arthritis. What that means is there is a, a certain let's call it thing in you that causes you to become inflamed. We don't know why, but people have that. It's in their genes that it forms. Sometimes it occurs as a response to something. Sometimes it's even passed on. And rheumatoid arthritis is an example of an inflammatory arthritis. When you get a lot of inflammation in your joints, it causes the area of inflammation to roll over the joint. And as it does so, it actually starts chewing the joint up. It starts making everything thick and swollen, and it stretches the ligaments. So your joints become a bit bandy. Um, They become a bit slack. And we know that bandy and slack joints in themselves predispose to further injury. So it accelerates that form of arthritis, and people become symptomatic further. There are also times, for example, with people who have so-called congenital 
or developmental um, hip arthritis, meaning their hip sockets just didn't develop the way they should have. And one consequence of that is the so-called dislocated hip that people discover later on in life. They never knew they had it. But then that's a rarity. More often, the ball sits rather than in a cup. It sits on a saucer. So it slides around the saucer instead of rolling nicely in a cup. And that ability to slide around causes abnormal activity, movement, and wearing of certain parts of the joint, and that leads to arthritis. So those are the different causes and how it comes to be. What are the risk factors then for arthritis? Okay, so there are certain activities and there are certain, uh, I call them dispositions of people that may make them much more vulnerable to developing it. So, for example, overweight is potentially a problem. There are plenty of people who are overweight who don't have arthritis and just get on really well. But what we do know is that people with arthritis tolerate weight really badly. It becomes a driver. If there's any rubbing, there's now more rubbing. Mm -hmm. And if you think about the impact of weight on a joint, when you step up from a chair, a seated position, or climb a step, you put between three and five times your entire body weight through that joint. So imagine now you double your body weight because you're overweight. Multiply that by three and five times, and that's how much extra weight is going through your mm. joint. Usually an uninjured and healthy joint compensates by thickening a little the bone around there or maybe the cartilage. But in an injured joint that does not have the capability to heal, it becomes a problem because mm. cartilage doesn't naturally heal. And because it doesn't naturally heal, it is much more vulnerable to ongoing injury, of which weight is perhaps the biggest driver. The, the other uh, risk factor is um, activity of a certain sort. So, for example, if you do a lot of high-risk sports, for example, um, people who do the rough and tumble, you know, motocross riding and fast cars that smash into walls and all that sort of stuff, they are naturally more prone to injury. You know, footballers, netballers, um, they are actually prone to injury because not only the moment the injury has occurred, but often they tear ligaments that make the joint a little sloppier, therefore allowing further injury to occur. So we have to be really, really careful in those sorts of activities that we protect against injury as much as possible. And is there any overlap between osteoarthritis and rheumatoid? Or Well, um, rheumatoid arthritis develops because of the inflammatory chain of events that I spoke about before. But mm. once the tissue that invades the joint and destroys the surface of the cartilage has had its effect, osteoarthritis is said to then occur because now you have a rough surface uh -huh. that rubs against a rough surface. Mm -hmm. So you have that element of osteoarthritis within rheumatoid arthritis, as right. it were. It's, it's the end stage of what's going on. You know, sometimes people ask, how do I know I have osteoarthritis? And it, it goes back to what I said earlier, that um, it, it is about the stiffness and pain that you have in your joint.
it's also one where your attempt at moving it you feel rather stiff it just you know if you find at the late stage you say you know i can't fully straighten my knee it always just reaches a point and just won't fully straighten up on me or i can't bend it further and because of that i can't climb a step or i can't get in and out of a car without a lot of difficulty and and that's how arthritis may affect people but but mostly it's one of pain and how i know it's really severe is when three things happen one they start losing sleep it's so painful at night they start losing sleep and if you lose sleep you become tired when you become tired you get punchy and when you get punchy people around you suffer and that's a major quality of life right. issue the second thing is the activities of daily living around the house getting out of a chair getting off a toilet seat climbing a stairs becomes more and more difficult such that you can't do much around the house without constantly being reminded about your problem and the third thing is when you can't walk a distance outside of the house so you rather stay indoors in case you get trapped outdoors you walk too far now you can't walk back and sometimes people do that and so they become housebound and being housebound is not a quality of life attribute so those three things are what i'm usually listening for when people tell me their story and that gives me a sense of whether they're bad enough to be considering surgery and and one of the things that um people ask me sometimes is how do i know when i'm ready to have surgery well first of all they have to have those three things volunteered to me secondly um they will always know when anyone asks me do you think i'm ready they're not ready right because they'll know when they're ready the quality of their life is so bad that they will walk into the room and they'll say i don't care what you say i need something done and those are the best sorts of people yeah. and i'm i'm waiting to hear them tell me in and of their own accord that they wish for something to be done because everything they've tried be it physio or tablets or a stick just simply have not worked and the quality of their life is so bad some people present very late they present so late that there's no opportunity to do any of the other things because they're so bent deformed and in pain that the only solution at that moment in time is joint replacement and you know they they're few and far between but we we have to recognize as surgeons that there are certain triggers that make surgery um an option and at other times we really should be waiting and does osteoarthritis spread throughout the body um it can do and usually when patients um are born with for example a uh it in their in their dna that make up usually they have arthritis in their shoulders and their hips and their knees and they get it in their hands and fingers and toes and you can actually have it going through other times it's just one joint usually the inflammatory arthritis uh for example in younger people who have ankylosing spondylitis they affect few but the major joints whereas rheumatoid arthritis affects many many joints and the post traumatic that means due to injury is usually following the injured joint i'm tired and depressed i you sometimes think is this normal is it if i've got osteoarthritis um yeah it it can be And and the reason being is because when when you have arthritis everything is a real effort. 
the effort to move, the effort to control the pain. Uh, th there is, it's, it's difficult. And that difficulty makes people tired. And if they've always been very active and they now feel tired and they can't do things, they become depressed. And, and you can see the sequence that ties them together. Mm. Sometimes people feel tired and depressed because they're given some medication to control their pain. And that medication may contain a so-called opiate, which is very strong, and it can be sedating. And that's an irritation to people because they're not quite got things together in their mind. A bit cloudy because the strength of some of the painkillers, and mm. so they're perpetually tired. And, and we know that people on opiates can get quite depressed as well, or at least the sense of depression mm. because they're not quite with it. So th th those may be some of the things that may explain why people are tired and depressed. If I have knee osteoarthritis, I've, um, my back and feet can get sore. Is this normal? Um, it may be so for a number of reasons. It may be because you do have arthritis in those areas and back arthritis is really common. In fact, back arthritis is one of the most common areas for um, osteoarthritis to attack. We move our backs all the time. We bend, we lift, we twist to look at different things. Our neck gets arthritis. It's a real issue. So um, it's, it's a common area, as are the feet, because we walk on them all the time. So you could get arthritis in those areas, including your knee. Sometimes, however, the knee arthritis is so bad, it makes you walk in a certain way that puts your back out. And the loss of symmetry, even the way you walk with the gait, it might be halting or limping gait, and, and that's enough to throw your back out. And the way your knee bends or your hip is restricted may mean that the way your foot touches the ground as you walk becomes a real problem. So it, 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 is, it is linked in some ways as part of the same condition, but back um, discomfort and foot discomfort can follow just because you've got arthritis of the knee that's putting the other areas out as you move it. Right. And what are the comorbidities associated with osteoarthritis? Well, there are a number of comorbidities that we know do occur in our society here, such as um, cardiovascular, which is our heart, um, and it, it meets with um, the fitness of the patient. Some people with diabetes have um, a, an increasing association with osteoarthritis. And it's interesting, it's those systems that are really important for movement to occur that are the problems when you can't move as well. Mm. You know, the link is definitely there. So, Marion, thank you very much for joining us on today's episode. It was wonderful getting those questions from you, and I'm, I'm sure you've really helped a lot of the listeners out there who might very well have those same questions as well, because they are common questions. And uh, uh, if, you, if you wish to um, be in contact with us uh, about this podcast, uh, we'll be including a link with the podcast to allow you to go back over this, uh, check out a few of those questions, and maybe drop a few questions of your own in that we can answer uh, on any episode that we might have in the future. Thank you very much, Marion. You're welcome. And thank you very much, listeners. <laughs>